This is a Stand Up New York Labs production, providing you podcasts since 2013. This week's episode of X-Ray is sponsored by Babyface Cosmetic Filler for Babies. If your baby's not as cute as you need it to be, if its cheeks are just not quite chubby enough, and you're not feeling that primal need to take care of it because of that flaw, then invest in some Babyface Cosmetic Filler for Babies. Made with the purest grade Restylane, the same magic filler used by Beverly Hills plastic surgeons on Nicole Kidman, Meg Ryan, and Kenny Rogers. And it's now available in tiny syringes for your baby. With a do-it-at-home kit, you just pop it in your baby's cheeks, massage it in while the baby's crying, and voila, chubby lifted cheeks with a puffy glow that you can squeeze. Baby face, the stuff that makes your baby lovable again. Okay, let's start the show. <laughs> Hey everybody, Raylan Casper White here. I am tired as fuck. I had a a live show last night here at Stand Up New York with an amazing guest. We had a nice house uh, with Judy Gold and Seth Herzog and Mark Normand and um, a accordionist named Hannah Temple who's a part of a non-binary Claysmere collective. How many times do you hear that fucking string of words together? Uh, and also Michael Costa, who I'd never met before, and he is a tall drink of water, let me tell you. He used to be a pro tennis player, now he's on The Daily Show. And he's hot. I thought he was Greek. It turns out he's from Carpagene, Carpagene, whatever. Anyway, <laughs> we had a grand old time. We had a fun fun bunch, and not just Jews. Sometimes I do these shows on the Upper West Side, just a bunch of Jews. We had um, we were ethnically and racially diverse, which is always nice, so I can see some of my own. Um, had a great time. Had a fucking great time. I love doing these live shows, and I'm excited to be here. Uh, speaking of live theatrical experiences, I'm here with my guest, who seems a little bit hungover, but in a festive way, like in a, ooh, I feel kind of, right? Yeah, I feel loose. Loose. Yeah. <laughs> Loosey-goosey. Uh, I'm here with Adam Feldman, correct? Yes. Yes, Adam Feldman. Obviously another Jew because you're in the theater world. Is that is that is that dominated by Jews as well? There are a lot of us in it. Right, um, there are, right? Gay, yeah. Gays and Jews gays is like the Jews. majority. The gay, and gay Jews. There's a, there's a lot of Venn It's a safe place for gay crossover, Jews, right? If you're yeah. gay and a Jew, you know that's the only option you really have is to go into theater. Like you have no other choice. No other choice. And you are a theater critic, I am. Yeah, I know. Yeah. It got dark and quiet in here all of a sudden. No, but I'm excited to have you because I couldn't, you know, let me, okay, let's go, let's backtrack for a minute here. Um, how long have you been a critic? I have been a critic, I guess it was, uh, well, I've been at Time Out New York. Okay. Since 2003. All right. So that's so about 15 years. It's about 15 years. Uh, and uh, <laughs> I, before then I was writing for some other places. I wrote for a website called Broadway.com, which okay. used to have reviews then. And before that for this place called Show Business Weekly. So it's about, it's probably coming on 20 years. Oh, wow. Now, were you an actor or playwright first? And then you got to be a critic? Like, how do you become a critic? What makes you good to be a critic? Besides being like angry and bitter, <laughs> I think angry and bitter are the two main qualifications. Okay, okay. And then uh, after that, I think everybody gets into it a little bit differently. How did you get into it? Then? I got into it in a kind of a weird way. I mean, I had done a lot of theater. I always loved theater. Okay. I think ultimately what it comes down to is you get into it because you love theater. Okay. And you love it enough to spend all your time doing it. Just I mean, looking, watching, right? Yeah, I see right. hundreds of shows a year. Wow. And that's a, it's a lot. That is a lot. You ever feel like you feel saturated at some point, right? You're like yes. I cannot watch it. I mean, it all gets jumbled up in your head. You try not to get it jumbled, but it, it but it, it is a challenge sometimes because right. you don't want to burn out on it. Yeah. And you don't want to hold your own burnout against the shows that you're writing right, about. Right, right, right. Um 
So that is that certainly in the long term that that's a real problem because at first it's all exciting. And you're yeah, like, yeah, I get to see everything. Right, right. And getting to see everything turns out to be a real double edged sword. Of course, yeah. Because there's a lot of shit out there too. Yeah, yeah, but that yeah. makes your work easier as a critic, right? <laughs> well, if it's you, shit, you just write it's shit and that's it. No sure. need to even specify. Shit sandwich. Yeah. Shit. <laughs> um, but uh, no, but that's the um, that is the easy and the hard. Reviews are the well. Okay, I'll say the easy reviews are when you love something or yeah, you hate something. Right. And the hard ones to write. We can get more into this later because I know we, I'm. Yeah, I'm I'd like to. A, no, it's fine. We can. We can. We, 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 we scribble like an Escher Escher painting. We go all <laughs> well, over the fucking place. It's fine. Well, we'll eventually wander back onto the yeah, other staircase. Exactly. But, I, but I, yeah, I mean, the, those are the hard ones to write. Are the ones where you just sort of see it and you think, okay, they're they're doing their best, okay. and Aww. that was all right. And yeah. I didn't mind being there tonight, but then you have to remember that most people don't see nearly as much theater. Right. And most people go to the theater as a kind of event, and they have to put away time for it, and usually they have to put away a lot of money for it. Right. And uh, and so you don't want to just send people to things that are just okay. Oh, that's interesting. Well, let me break down the landscape for me for a minute, because obviously in New York City, you have uh, the tourist crowd that comes here for like a couple of days, usually wants to see a musical or wants to see some play with a big star in it, right? Like, even if it's shit, but Army Hammer's in it, we're going to go see it, right? Sure. Well, I mean, uh, so the general landscape, yeah. if we want to sort of map out... you have a lot of savvy out, people, too. Yeah, right, we want right. to map out the general topography. Yes. We've got... Three basic levels of theater in New York. Okay. So you've got Broadway theater. Right. And Broadway theater is defined in a very specific way. Like straight plays, as they call it? Uh, or no, it's also musicals? musicals and straight plays. Okay. Are, but Broadway, what we call Broadway, is things that, t- it's all by venue. So what we call Broadway is shows that are being staged within a certain geographic area, right. which is the, the blocks around Times Square. Yeah. And they're being staged in theaters that have more than 500 seats. Okay, so it's a size. It's always yeah. a size issue. It is. It's, a, yeah, <laughs> it's always a size. So, so you've got about 40 theaters, 41 theaters. Oh, really? 41 Broadway that theaters? That count as Broadway oh, theaters. Oh, wow. Okay, yeah. okay. And then you've got a second level of off-Broadway. Right. And, uh, and those are theaters that are between 100 and 499 seats. Okay. And then you've got off-off-Broadway. Right, which is just like two under, seats, under two to four seats. Sometimes. There, I've a been living to shows, room. I have been to shows where I, I have been 50% of the audience. Well, <laughs> that's, I'm sure the actors love that. Yeah. But um, it can be real. It can be real uncomfortable. Of because, course, it can. You know, and it's depressing. a command performance, and they're you know that they're all looking at you. And you're watching. the critic yeah. too. They know you're coming. Taking notes. And, oh jeez, you have a pad there. You sketch yeah, during I have the a show. Pad. I yes, I do. I take. I do you take write notes handwritten or do you show? kind of type now? You bring a whole like <laughs> Commodore sixty four. <laughs> just click, 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 click the whole time. <laughs> Don't mind me. Yeah. Um, no, I, I do take. I try to get pads that aren't too noisy, and I try to get pens that aren't right too noisy. But you know. Uh, you do want to take notes because you want to remember your thoughts. They send us scripts, so okay. we don't. Oh, so we don't have to take notes on that's the. That's smart. That's smart. But, but I don't know if that's good either because the audience does not get a script, and if the you know what I mean, if if the content of the play is not landing enough or the delivery, then it's like you're kind of like cheating if you read the play and you know it inside and out. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, I don't read the play in advance. Okay. Yeah. Okay. No, I use it to to check things to out reference. Afterwards. Yeah, okay. and and also it saves me from having to be very careful about my notation about dialogue and things like that. Okay. Because otherwise, you'll be distracted. Right, being a stenographer. No, you don't want to be a stenographer. Yeah, and you'll. I mean, you'll no be offense missing... to stenographers; they're some a delightful my, bunch. The steno pool, <laughs> <laughs> just rowdy. Some and of my favorite kinky. Gals. A lot um, of S and M going on in the steno pool. But uh, yeah, it's it, uh, so you don't want to be distracted because if you're if you're taking notes about that, then you're missing something that's happening on stage. So, right, 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 um, right. And sometimes it can be useful later to look at the script because it can give you a better idea of what 
the production was doing and what the play was doing. Because one of the hard things when you're writing about it is separating out the elements of what you've seen. So there's the writing, right? And there's the direction, yeah, and there's yeah. the acting. Yeah, yeah. And sometimes, a lot of times actors get blamed for bad direction, right? Right, or, or, or vice for versa. bad writing. I mean, and good actors can save bad writing, and uh, bad actors can ruin good writing, right? Yeah, or the wrong direction. Well, I feel like actors are the most salient thing, right? When you're seeing like a stage play, as opposed to movies, where I feel like the direction is much more salient in what you're experiencing. Yeah, the director is really completely in control in the movies, and yeah. you don't have a choice. And it's one of the things that I like about theater is that as an audience member, you have a much more active role in right. shaping what your experience right, is. Right, right. You choose what to look at. And the director of a of stage play has a much subtler job. Their job is to c- try to guide your attention to where right. they want you to for be. For creating these moments, right, yeah. that seem – you know, it's, I guess it's tricky for me. I'm a lame – I do like the theater and I'm a lame – you know what I mean? I hate fucking musicals though. I'll put it right out there. Maybe I need to see some other <laughs> so ones. So don't that, fuck them. Well, that's, <laughs> I try to fuck anything. But but I know there's like some good stuff like Come Away With Me. Like there's supposed to be good ones or Hamilton or blah, blah, all this stuff that's supposed to be – it's a very complex issue for me. But I like the straight the straight plays more. But now that I've gotten used to like filmic acting – then I see stage acting, and it just feels so over the top to me. You know what I mean? But then if it's too subtle, I know the people in the nosebleeds are not getting it. <laughs> it's like a weird world. You know what I mean? The suspension of disbelief is harder for me when I'm in the in the theater. So that's why I prefer experimental theater. If I'm going to go see a theater piece, I don't want it to be just another, like, all my sons or whatever. I want to see, like, crazy-ass incorporating music and dance. Or, like, what's that thing I just saw on Network? Mm-hmm. By that Belgian Ivo Van Hoovy. You know what I mean? That one, that was like interesting. It's like, oh, okay. You know what I mean? I don't know. Does that make sense? To it you? absolutely does make sense. And and the growth of experimental theater in the 20th century, I think, is exactly a response to what you're talking about. Right. Because, you know, you had film now. Yeah. And uh, the suspension of disbelief that was possible in in 19th century, sort of more realistic, yeah. quote unquote, naturalistic right. uh, theater, was a little bit, um, seemed a little bit old hat. When you had a like, it's been you know, done. Yeah, the, sort of the, the way that um, the advent of photography made visual art more abstract. Okay. Uh, because okay. the the old um, uh, extreme detail right. of certain kinds right. of painting became a little moot when right. you had you photographs. Can, yeah. Oh, that's yeah. interesting. So it was sort of like, right. what, what what do we still do art for? What can we do in visual arts that we can't? do anywhere else. And and in theater, you see a lot of the same thing. You see uh, a lot of shows that acknowledge themselves as theater, as performance, that are sort of meta about mm-hmm, themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, because film does, in some ways, film seems to do naturalism. I'm, I'm hedging this a lot because, okay. in fact, film... What we perceive as natural in film is often a series of codes that we have been trained to understand. That's true. And so I think there's montages and, and there's yes. music. And the and music, it's all very manipulative. Yeah. It's all very manipulative. Well, there's yeah. all sorts of things that are not real, but that right. we just sort of uh, accept. Well, I guess you thinking. get immersed in the world more, right? right? But I think it's true. What I like is that I feel like with when I watch films, I'm probably like, oh, that was the best take. At a four hundred, but the thing. when you're on stage, they they you can also smell it. You know what I mean? If there's an authentic moment, and then it's really powerful if you're actually witnessing the actor kind of going through something on stage in that in real time. But that's why I love theater. Yeah, and that's that, why you're not a film critic, right? I mean, I mean, I love movies and TV too, but but theater has that excitement of watching yes. a real thing happening in real time and with a real audience, and it's going to be different every night because you, as an audience, 
shape what's happening. Right. I mean, right. they are, you are helping to create. You're another character yeah. in the piece, really, the and energy. It's an, and it's important. And it's going to be different every time. Now, how do you pitch yourself as a critic? Like, because it's, look, the power of critics also scares me. You know what I mean? How critics can make or break a show and how people rely, like people don't even know what they like and where they're, oh, let me just read what this Ben Brantley guy said. You know what I mean? Or. Because it's obviously so. I have a couple questions. I have so many questions to ask. You know, <laughs> I still haven't answered your first question. You're right. You're in the matter though. We'll just move on. But how do you become a critic? Like, you know, you go to this publication and you say, "I love theater." Now, why would they be like, "Well, what are you? Why are you a good critic?" Because you, you write for the. You know, tell me what you think. What you bring to the table. Well, in my case, yeah. To get back, we'll circle back to back that to first you. question. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. I had a bit of an unusual trajectory. Oh, I right, think. right. I forgot um, about that part. Because I, I was kind of recruited to be oh, a critic. Okay. I had done a lot of theater when I was a kid and in, and in college. I Where loved was this? Theater. Uh, I grew up in Montreal. Oh, you're Canadian. I fucking love you guys. Okay, yeah. okay. Uh, it, and Montreal's a great place to have grown up. Um, and then I went to college. I went to Harvard and I, and I studied theater there. Uh, they didn't have a theater program there okay. at the time, but I, I was an English major and I did a lot of dramatic literature just because I was interested in it. Okay. And uh, and I did like some, reading plays. You yeah, made? reading plays and, and they didn't and have a theater program at Harvard. Where'd no, you go? Nineteen twenty one. I went in nineteen thirty two. Yeah. Um, they had that hasty pudding people. Yeah, I was in the hasty pudding. Oh, okay. Um, I was okay. in hasty pudding for three years, and that was that's great, a sketch group, right? It was. It's a they. It's an. It's a musical comedy group. Oh, but at okay. the top until this year was all male. And so the, oh. the men played the women's parts, and they sort of had a hilarious okay. drag uh, pageant. I, I don't know whether people yeah. get fucking excited about that. Okay. Anyway, it, it, it was how it was done. Okay. Uh, but it was it, that was a real experience because you were putting on a major show. There was a lot of money behind it. I'm sure there and was. It was an original musical that they wrote every year. Oh and, wow! And then you'd do it every day for three or four weeks. Right. Um, right. In a real theater. 300 seat theater yeah, in Cambridge. Yeah, yeah. And then you went on tour to New York and, oh, and wow. Bermuda. So that was a real theater experience, and it was very hard to do my schoolwork while yeah, you were doing well, it. It's Harvard. It doesn't matter. You just say you went to Harvard. It doesn't matter if you studied pottery for four that's years. That's you know what I mean? The pottery program there was is it solid. It's solid. It's a solid <laughs> program. Those bowls, those pitch pots, they really know how to make nobody, those. Nobody does Ivy raku. League pitch pops. <laughs> nobody does raku like the Harvard man. Um, but yeah, so I, I, so I graduated from that, and then I moved to New York. Didn't know what I was going to do. I, okay. t- I did some theater here and there, some off off Broadway theater. Okay, um, Shakespeare in the parking lot. And, oh, right, right, yeah. right. Okay. And uh, and meanwhile, and I had a job. I had a day job, which was uh, very nice and uh, and paid pretty well for mm-hmm. for my skill set at that point. And, right. And uh, but I, I wasn't. Wait, what was the day job? Uh, I was working for a personal finance writer. And I was helping her research stuff. Okay. And, uh, and, it, and it was lovely. It was a lovely setup. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't personally satisfying. Right. Of course not. So I, I would be on the internet sometimes. And this was in the, the early days of the internet. Okay. <laughs> um, but this is in the 90s. You okay. Know? And, and there were discussion groups. Online discussion groups mm-hmm. about forums, theater. Forums, yeah, fora. theater forums. Fora. Are they an angry bunch? The theater um, block. The a lot of people. A lot of people. That's yeah, so funny. A, a fiercely opinionated bunch. Right, right, right. And uh, so I got involved in this uh, online chat discussion group, and uh, and I would give my yeah my strongly worded opinions about various right. shows of the day, and someone from Show Business Weekly. Well, 
which was a, a publication that was restarting at that point, mm-hmm. uh, contacted me and said, well, listen, we, I, this is a little out of the blue, but we like what you've been writing on this oh, discussion okay. group, and would you like to write reviews for us? And I thought, sure, yeah. Well, because obviously you're, you're well-learned. You're not some hack. Right. I knew okay. I was, and I had opinions, and I, and I could write reasonably right, well. Right, right. And so I started doing that. And then the same thing happened at, with Broadway.com. I met the editor, and, and, and uh, he asked me to write for them. And then uh, the same thing happened at Time Out. And so I've just sort of... I, I've risen in that way risen. without really. Okay. Uh, is is the Times the goal? I mean, is that like the epitome of theater criticism? In some ways, it, certainly it is the most influential, and okay. people have strong opinions about whether it has too much power. Right, right. Um, you were saying that you were afraid of the power of the critics. Uh, I think that's not right now. We're in a bit of a different moment. We're. I'm afraid that the critics are are losing too much power. Interesting. And I don't just mean that as a critic, although, of course, yeah. I have a vested interest in that. Right, um, right, right. But uh, all over the media landscape, right. traditional media sources have been dying out. Yeah. And some of the earliest chops on the talk, on the, on the chop block uh, are... Critics? Are critics, and mm. just people who are doing what, is, what are perceived to be non-essential... Second, I mean, when you're right. cutting your staff by fifty percent, yeah, you're not necessarily going to keep the arts editorialist. What uh, What do you think the when you say the essentials? Like, what do you think the perp- I know there have been you know essays written on this and entire books back in France and the Middle Ages, but the the purpose of the critic, in terms of what service are you providing for society? Just you know what I mean? Because I think yeah. people a lot of times they now they're rotten tomatoes. Like people will either see a movie or not from an aggregate. Of fucking critics, well, I th- you know an I mean? aggregate makes more sense to me in a way. But the problem with critics can be that one person has too right. much uh, power, right. and that's certainly the criticism of the Times. Although they have two main critics, who are now. they? The Ben Brantley and the other dude, and Jesse Green. Jesse's a man or a woman? He's a man. A two men, right. straight or gay? Uh, gay. Gay. Okay, I'm just checking that we're going right. No, but clicking are, all the boxes. These are these are not the only questions to ask, but they are germane questions right. in a way because the problem with having one person, yes, even a and very one perspective, yeah, yeah, very yeah. learned and fair-minded person, is that right. everyone has their own. Right. S- sack of rocks, and everyone has their own. Well, they can even not like one of the actors in the show. Yeah. And then, I mean, the question is, it's like how you have to have a lot of integrity as a critic. You have to have your own opinion and bring yourself to the table. That's right. what people are reading. But you also have to be fair and say, just because I hate this producer who's a bitch or I fucked one of the actors back in the day, <laughs> they didn't know I was a critic. You know what I mean? Like you have that tension. You can't let that seep in. And well, maybe you right, right. I mean, but even if you don't, even if you right. do your very best to be as fair and right. smart as you can, and yeah. even if you are very fair and smart, you're still one person. You're still going to be responding yeah. in a certain way. And also, you know, even what day you saw it on, what performance right. you saw, right. what mood you were in that yeah, exactly. you can't correct so for all of these of things. Of course. And so the more people, ideally the more smart uh Fair-minded yes. people yes. Uh, are are in the game. The better you, a chance you have right. of creating a chord instead of a note that in, will like give that. you Very a well better. Said. Very well said. Chords yeah. and notes. I mean, that's interesting. When I read a critic, I think there's an advantage if you if you know like certain film critics. I don't know how you fucking pronounce her name, Manola Dargis or Dargis. I don't know, but like certain crim- critics, I like. Because I know I'm consistent. I know their taste. 
So I like that. I'm like, I can rely on her. I can't rely on this dude because he's, you know, he liked something I thought was a piece of shit. So now I lose. You know what I mean? Yeah. You definitely, um, if you read people on a regular basis, you can get a better sense of who aligns more right. closely with your own taste. Yeah. And that's sometimes, that's what you want. And sometimes you want the other thing. You sometimes want you want analysis. Yeah. Sometimes you want analysis. Sometimes you want someone who doesn't agree with you so that you can be challenged about your thoughts yeah, and I responses, think so. you know? When you write for Time Out, though, because obviously I think that people, Time Out is, is more of a general audience, mm-hmm. right? That's not like theater snobs or like Welvers, like I've seen 46 shows or I saw it when he was back at Playwrights Horizons or whatever the fuck it was. Do you feel like you have to write more in, in simple terms to kind of make it more accessible for the average, you know, I'm a tourist from Munich and I'm here for two days? No, I think that people want to be written to as though they were uh, smart and informed. Okay. Uh, I mean, that's my theory about it. I, I don't think know. I, I think you I don't I know the American to... people. No, I'm kidding. No, but... <laughs> <laughs> no, hack um, it out. Hack it out. How much booze last night? I, 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 I don't have to answer that okay. question. I am not on trial here. <laughs> the uh, I think it's... You know, I, I, this is going to be maybe the wrong analogy, but it's like when you're talking to kids, uh, you, you want to talk to them as adults. You know, if you if they're I, aware, I, don't talk to, I talk to my kids like they're fucking idiots. But go right. ahead. But I mean, you don't yeah. want. But if you if you talk down to kids and you treat them like right, oh, they're going to hey, get annoyed. Baby, yeah. they're annoyed and they're correctly annoyed because right. nobody likes to, nobody to be talked to. Be t- yeah, uh, you know, right. and if anything, you want to shoot it a little above, above the them. level so right. that so that they can learn things and they can right. aspire to yeah, things. I mean, yeah. I learned so much from Mad Magazine when I was a kid. I love Mad Magazine. You know? Alfred E. Newman, what, a, yeah. what happened to him? But I would read these parodies and they would they would have little references to famous songs and things like that. Right. I didn't know those songs, but then I, I would learn about yeah. those songs no, from that. No, you're absolutely that, you right. Know? And you want to you wanna have that. So I, and actually the, the, the readership from time, for Time Out, I, is, I'm very lucky to have that particular mm-hmm. readership because the modus operandi of the magazine is to shoot for an audience that is motivated and interested in right. going out and in the arts. So it isn't really a general audience. It's it's, it's a generalist magazine. Okay. But it... Are they selective with their listings? Like, do they list things based on sometimes what the critics, what I, you I, recommend? I list, I, I list everything. I, so you're the lister. I'm, I you decide what gets listed. and the reviews. Okay, you know, okay. I edit, the, I edit the section. Um, so do you ever list things that you think were shit? Yeah, I list I, I list everything that's happening on Broadway. I list okay. almost everything that's happening in the major off-Broadway spaces. Oh, right and I on. list as much as I can in off-off and in dance and in cabaret music, which I also okay. did the listings for. So, but I'm, so there's a lot that I list, and a lot of that stuff is stuff that I don't know if it's going to be any good. But I, I want to so give people the first. opportunity. Okay. Yeah. And then sometimes we'll review as you know we'll review as much as we can. We'll certainly review all of the major. Broadway and you have a staff of reviewers, or are you like the main hot I, uh, I'm what's called the first string reviewer. First string. And then, but we I do have freelancers who work okay. with me, and some of them very good. I mean, and uh, some notice that some of you're going to be laid <laughs> off soon. Some of them, no, yeah, but, some of the media. Uh, no, they're, they're, I, I have a very good uh, group of people that I'm lucky to have uh, working with me. They don't work at the magazine. They're, free, they're freelancers. They're freelancers. Do you try but, and diversify that bunch? Yes, absolutely. And okay. that goes back to what the we were talking question. about before, yeah. which is inevitably you're, you're going to have reviews that come from the perspective, reflect the perspective right. and values of the person writing it. Right. And so the more difference you can have in the variety of voices that are writing about a show, the better. And the narrower that becomes as there are fewer and fewer critics, right. especially ones with salaries and uh, health insurance yeah, and who yeah, can make yeah, a, a life of it. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
the the narrower that becomes, I think the narrower the discussion becomes. So there, there's a definitely an effort right now to try to diversify that pool, to have more women involved in it, to have right. more people of color, color who are yeah, writing about yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, to have more straight people. Oh my god, I don't know about that. I might be pushing it. <laughs> right, I don't, we don't know. want to. Go I don't want to find straight white dude writing a theater criticism. Right. I don't know. But you know there. I think all that is, is is valuable, and there are aggregate sites. The, there's a site called ShowScore. Uh, is that like a Rotten Tomatoes yeah, for theater? Which is sort of a, a Rotten Tomatoes for theater. I mean, I think these days, uh, you know, it's especially in your, the internet has done that in terms of the bloggers or just people writing. They could be idiots, but they're like, I hated it or liked it. I think that's also good to know. You know what useful. I mean? It's like, yeah. did, I mean, I don't know, useful for who? But in the aggregate, it yeah, might in the be aggregate, useful. like if a lot of yeah, but I think when you go see a show. I'm sure you have a lot of parameters, right? You have like the script, the acting, but mm-hmm. do you first and foremost uh, go off your emotional, your visceral reaction to the show? Is that what you can? Are you, like, are there critics that aren't just as emotional? They're just more kind of scientific about it. Uh, no, I'm not scientific. I'm not. I don't want to be sitting uh, in my chair with a, a checklist. All right, you okay. Because yeah. I don't think that that's the. You're you're there basically as as a stand-in for the audience. Right. You're trying to have an audience experience. Experience. Yeah. Okay. And you want to give the play the space to do that. So if you're too removed from it, I am removed to it to some extent. I mean, I'm I, I'm taking notes and yeah, I'm thinking yeah, about it yeah, yeah. in a certain way that right. I might not be if I were just and, and 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 I'm aware of that by the way when I when I see a show that I'm not reviewing, I'm aware of the difference. Oh, interesting. In do you enjoy I'm, it more yeah, when you're definitely. not reviewing? Certainly. Oh, interesting. Certainly. Fuck. Um. I mean, if it's an enjoyable show. If yeah, it's, okay. It, uh, okay, if it's, if it's a piece show, of shit, then yeah. Yeah, yeah then But it. do you find that um, sometimes you ha- feel you write the review that night, or do you like to let it sit with you for a I, while and write it the next if, day? If I, uh, I never write it at night anymore. I okay. used to sometimes. You're getting old. Is that what it is? No, You're it's like any you want it. You want, I mean, I am getting old, but you want to you wanna have a little bit of time to marinate, because it can change. Oh, interesting. Your opinions. It's like food, right? Like evolve. wine. Yeah. On the tongue, and then when it goes down the throat, right, kind of thing? Exactly like okay, that. Okay, okay. And it used to be, it's funny because um, it used to be different. The The conventions of when they have critics in have changed. So up until the late 70s and early 80s, usually critics would come on opening night. And this is after pre- previews or before the critics no, there was can no, come? I mean, there, were, there was a brief preview period. Okay. And then the critics would, the main critics right. would be invited on opening night of the show and they would be seated on the aisle so that so they could run out they, oh. right when the show was over and <laughs> yeah. start writing or their run reviews. in the middle, right. Yeah, because they would have to write it for the next day's paper. They, okay. would, they would write it up like sports writers. Right. You know? And so that was a, a very different model. And slowly that started shifting for a number of reasons. And now usually they'll invite us a few days before the official opening. Okay. And so we'll have a little bit of time to write the review. And then the review will get published on, opening on the night opening night, night. Yeah. as that though can make we or break the still... show, right? Especially if it's a Broadway show. Uh, I don't think it can make or break. Okay, I think it can, it can help. It can help, right? And it can help a certain kind of show. Okay, there, I think there are certain kinds of shows that can use critical support, especially shows that aspire to be uh, smarter or, or more new, original. Maybe? Okay, yeah, yeah. you know, okay. that are more daring and and can use a little that people might not know about otherwise, and can use the support of of a of, of a, of a of critics really going to bat for it and say, right. this seems weird, but here's what it's about and this okay. is why it's interesting okay. and you should go see it. And those are the best kinds of reviews to write. Honestly, those are the most fun. That's those are the ones where you are you just feel like, I here I am doing something good for the world. Right. I like that. I like that. Now, have you, what has stayed in your mind? You've been doing this for 20 years. Can you name like five shows that have really kind of changed your life that have sat with you and like, what that, now this is why I do, this is why I love theater? There are a lot of them. Um, 
like your top three, maybe, let's say. <laughs> I know it's hard. I know it's hard. Uh, I saw Angels in America um, when I was in college. Okay. And, uh, and that certainly... I've never seen that. Uh, and it it's about amazing. the AIDS crisis, right? It's, uh, it's it's about that, and it's about a lot of other things okay. as well. But it, yeah, that's a that's a gorgeous play that just felt like it opened a, a hundred windows. Oh wow! Um, so it's also from a social social perspective in terms of evolution of society it had an important role. It wasn't just yeah. a cool little play that kind of right. came along. Okay. But you know, actually, another play that uh, by Tony Kushner, the playwright of Angels in America, uh, wrote a musical in the early 2000s, that uh, also had a huge effect. I mean, it was not nearly as big of a culture Okay, shaper. what was that called? It was called Caroline or Change. Okay. And uh, it was a musical that ran on Broadway. It didn't run for a long time. It okay. was a weird little show. for, And it, it was that, there's the kind of show that needed critical support. And there's okay. a show that, for various reasons, did not get the critical support that it deserved right. in the New York Times okay. in 2004. Okay. And, uh, and that is really a shame. Because it has gotten the critical support that it deserves everywhere else since, as people have had the right. It takes time to get their ears right. around. Right. Okay. Um, but there's a show that I, just to there's a show that actually I feel changed my worldview. Ooh, what was that? No, that's a, the Carolina. This is oh, the Carolina, show Carolina Change. Change. Okay, okay. That was a show that um, that changed how I experienced the world on a on a semi. Like a, was it a, mostly the player, the direction, or the, everything together, the acting, the moments? It's it's the subject of the show and the way that. What is it, it about? Uh, it's it's about a an African American woman who is working as a maid for okay. a Jewish family in Louisiana in the early 1960s. Oh wow! And it's about her relationship with the young boy that she is in the family that whose house she cleans, and and he is his. Uh, his mother has died. His father has remarried. Uh, so he has a stepmother, but he feels not very close to them. And he projects a lot onto mm-hmm. this woman. Okay. Um, and does this happen to Tony Kushner? Is this based on his life? <clears throat> uh, I think, yes, it is. It, is, it, it was okay. inspired by his, his, experience, with his, his experience and his reflections on okay. what that meant. Um, but what's interesting about it as a musical is that most musicals are about on, on some level, most musicals are about self-actualization. Okay. They're about some loner in the world who people don't understand and who makes it through the right. force of their own right. will and specialness, and everyone the world eventually gives way. Yeah. Uh, and Caroline is the opposite of that. This um, this woman is is trapped hmm. in the basement where she does the right. laundry for this family. Okay. She she cannot. She's you know. Does she change? Does her character change? Is the she's is she the protagonist or is the kid she, the protagonist? No, she's the protagonist, but but she also can't really change. Okay, because she is a woman with very few future prospects. Right, she has four kids to raise. Wow. She doesn't. Yeah, you know she. So not she realizes very much she money. can't change. Maybe that's the, the evolution of the character. That's part of it, and she realizes that 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 she can't take out her anger about that on the world. Uh, that she has to kill this part of herself that it's a dark thing. It but, is dark. But that she has to kill the part of herself that would ever want more. Uh, right. Or, or it will That's make tragic. her. Or this it will is make tragic. her. Is there a happy ending to this story? There is in a way because, you know, she has, she has uh, these children and one of them is, uh, it was, uh, one of them has aspirations. This is like the early 60s, so there's, it's, okay. there's this big civil rights right. energy yep. in the air. Yep. And part of it is about that. It's a, 
because this daughter, we can imagine, if we want to, there, there's a happy ending-ish tag on it. There's okay. a hopeful ending. It is involving. an American play. There has to be a happy yeah. ending, right? But it's not a naive ending. Okay. And there's a hopeful ending in which you can imagine that the daughter goes on to... Greater things uh, to greater than her things mother. That, That's that made possible by the sacrifices okay. of the mother. But the mother is a character that we would never usually look at in, a, in a, as the center. As the of hero. Do you feel like Tony, um, in today's day and age, I guess, if Tony would have gotten more shit for writing like a black character as the you know what I mean? Why is it not an African American person writing this play? Back then, they were more forgiving because the landscape was he was like theater royalty or something well, like that. No, I don't think that I don't think that's a, exactly the issue. There are, there are white characters in this play and there yeah, are black yeah. characters. Uh, I don't think that people cannot write for people who aren't themselves. Right, uh, I know, but that's been a discussion, hasn't yeah. it? Like as of late. No, I just think you have to you have to do it well, and and right. and I think that Tony Kushner, who is maybe the greatest living playwright okay. in America. Right. Um, I does think it he, pretty I think okay. he does it pretty well. Okay. No, uh, I just didn't know if people are more sensitive now. I know that in terms of like acting, because it's been a question too, like can actors play something different? You know what I mean? Like right. people, you want opportunities for trans actors or mm -hmm. can you have Scarlett Johansson playing a trans, you know, or Jared Leto or whatever. It's like such a, I get it's two sides of the debate. Like actors should be able to play anything. That's their fucking job. Right. But you know, I don't have to be a murderer to play a murderer, right? It's complicated. Yeah. And and, yeah. and, there, and it's and very, it too early to, it's, to get into this. You're like, well, it's complicated. No, it's, I'm hungover. I am a little reluctant. But, but no, but it's it, it's very dangerous territory because everyone is right. very sensitive yes. about it and people have very strong opinions about it. And the people who have strong opinions about it are, are often very vocal about it on both sides. And right. so it's very hard to talk about these issues in a meaningful way. In public, because you're bound to uh, to raise hackles in in some way. My, yeah. I, I guess I would say that if you do it well enough, and that's you know that's a like anything, yeah, yeah. yeah. But I, I think that I I don't personally. I mean, the, the, everything moves in. There are historical trends, and there are corrections and overcorrections, mm -hmm. and 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 recorrections, and uh, I think that we are right now in a place where we're very sensitive to. Self-representation. <laughs> to, right. you know, to the, to the, to right. the and appropriation and all that, yeah. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and that is in response to a very real issue, which is that a lot of people have been excluded from so industries long. and have right. been excluded from representing themselves. Yeah. And, and so the texture and depth of their representation has been uh, diminished right. uh, by the absence of authentic experience in depicting it, and also just the absence of opportunity for them to make careers in these fields. Did you um, see the um, the ferryman? Yes, Fer ferryman. <laughs> the ferryman. The ferryman. Uh, uh, yeah, I love the ferryman. Did you like it? Because yeah. I so I saw it. Um, I, I, look, I got to tell you, I'm not uh, I'm not one of these millennials with ADHD where I feel. <laughs> but I usually when I see a play, it does feel too long to me. I usually feel <laughs> like something could have been cut. For tighter, I always want to be leaving wanting more and not be like, when is this the fuck over? I got to pee again. But the ferryman was interesting to me. Um, I mean, I like I liked it. Didn't didn't blow me away. Um, but then I read all these other rev not reviews, but I read um, Irish people commenting on it, and they had issue with how it depicted and you know and how it chose. And obviously, this player I was was English, is wasn't he? He has some Irish background. Okay, uh, but it's just it was interesting to get their perspective. Yeah, sure. And then you know you have people here just eating it up because we're also Anglophiles, right? But like they ate it up. You know, they ate it up over there also for the most part. Yes, I, I think that yes. there have been some some articles about what you're talking about, but most of the response has been enormously positive. Positive and and. I think we have a tendency to uh, give a lot of weight to the negative in this cult 
actor. Also, as a critic, isn't that the job? I mean, well, yeah, and I mean, there's a funny thing about being a critic is, in some ways, it's more risky to like something than to not like huh. something. You you put more of yourself on the line when you. When you recommend something. When you something. embrace something. Oh, that's true. Because when you don't like something, people... Like, and if you're someone not vulnerable. See, yeah, you're not right. vulnerable. You're protected. And if someone sees it and they like it and they know that you didn't like it, they just think that you have higher standards. Oh, that's it. I like that. You know? That's just like me with men. Yeah. yeah. But, but if, if, the, if you love something and you tell people to go see it and they don't like it, they think... They're oh, like, oh, he's an idiot. He's not reliable. Did you ever feel like uh, that you were wrong? Like you critiqued something, but you're like, oh, I was actually in a shitty mood and now I feel bad and it's yeah. already published? Yeah, um, that happens. That happens, and I also also the other way. I think I've been too nice to things. Uh, yeah, you know, been, I've bent over backwards because you also want to correct for your own what you believe to be your own biases, uh, because you don't want to only write from your own taste. And so sometimes you think, well, that wasn't for me, but can you uh, ever write that? This wasn't for me, but it might be for yeah, you. No, you can. You can write it, but it, it, that gets a little wishy washy. Yeah, and so that sometimes is a you just want you end up writing it in a sort of more positive way than you actually feel. And, and then you can regret that. Or the other way around, you sort of think this is tailor-made to, to right. appeal to me, but is it actually good? Good, yeah. yeah. And uh, so, so for sure, I, I there are times when I look back on a review. You know what? It's more – It's I usually – my regrets tend to be about uh, – it's not that I think I was wrong. <laughs> um, not wrong per se. Right. It's that I think okay. that it, it, the, the way it came out ends up – being weighed out the wrong way. Okay. Because yeah, there are good and bad things Do you things have a word everything. limit? Word count? Yeah. Although lately it's been a little bit different. Fluid? You, yeah. It, now that now that everything is online. You have more freedom. To yeah. Write. You can write longer if you want to. But I, the 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 general style of the magazine mm-hmm. traditionally has been for fairly short reviews. I like their font. And oh, I, I love say, the It's font. a fun font. You know, it's a fun <laughs> layout. It's just a fun magazine. I just feel like there's a lot of... Fun stuff going on inside there, it's like great. sexual activity and yeah. parties and things that I'm not at. And it's a fun attitude. I think that it's a fun. It's a fun. Doesn't take itself too seriously. Doesn't take itself too well. It takes itself seriously enough, but it doesn't. But it lets itself uh, have fun with. It's the not material. pretentious. No, I, don't I don't think, think time out is pretentious. And and uh, it's but it is smart. We tried uh, the, our, the the arts reviews in the magazine are, are good. Are pitched at people who uh, are interested in the arts in a serious right. way. And uh, they're not—they're not pitched at a, at a tourist audience that only wants to see something that has been adapted from a movie that I liked. It's that's not funny. Yeah, it's the not. adaptation of yeah. But that's yeah. a huge part of the audience. Let's get back to what you were talking about before uh, about Broadway tourist audiences. Yeah, yeah. And that is a big factor. The star fuckery, mm-hmm. right? I mean, that's a big thing for Broadway producers. They got to get some star power. That, was that always the case? I feel like this just hasn't happened in the last like twenty years. No. Well, it's a different kind of thing. There's always been star-driven theater, but uh, it was theater stars. But, yeah, but we don't have that as much yeah. now that theater's not as big a presence yeah. in the culture. And now that I mean, in the olden days, also the media were really centered in New York, and so right. you'd have games like I don't know, you have. Game shows on TV, and they would have guests who were coming from, from the, the Broadway theater. stage. I love you know? it. And, yeah. have, and the Ed Sullivan show would be full of Broadway performances. <laughs> and, you know, so it was, it's and they all talk like that, too. Yes. Broadway. We're all Catherine Hepburns. Welcome also. to Broadway. <laughs> uh, yeah, and so it's, it is less central right. now. And also, you know, the theater is very expensive. It is um, fucking, it's not for everybody. Especially Broadway theater. You can see a lot of great theater. 
for less if you know how to yeah pick and find show, it. read your read, read yeah the print. and off off Broadway theater is a lot less expensive right. it's like twenty five dollars or less usually. yeah. But big Broadway shows, big hit Broadway shows. You want a big shows. production. You want a big, yeah. Well, that's the thing. If you don't go to the theater that much, and I have to remember this because yeah, I see so much theater. Exactly. And I see it you for want, free. Like, you want to get, yeah, you want to get a little extravaganza. Yeah, you want, you want more. And so it's harder for smaller shows on Broadway to have really big, long runs. Because right. at a certain point, the dynamic shifts. And when a show opens, it has a large local audience. Uh, mm. And then the longer into the run it gets, the more people in New York have seen it. Right. And so the appeal the tur- becomes right. okay. for tourists. And so at a certain point it, it tips. And right now on Broadway you have so many long-running shows that the overall percentage is, is really high of tourists. Mm. You've got mm. it's something like a two-thirds of the, right. of, the, of the audience for Broadway shows collectively is tourists. Wow. And so tourists are coming into town and they've got – you know, one yeah. show that they're going to yeah, see. Yeah, they got to spend 200 fucking bucks on a ticket. Right. And they want, so if you're doing that, then you want the big spectacle. And well, you, you either want, want a spectacle or you want to see, like, whatever, Nicole Kidman naked on stage. Right. right? There, right. It's got to be either or. Right. Have you, did you see that show when I she was did. naked? Was the it blue. good? The blue something? Uh, yeah. Uh, it was uh, It was, it was okay. all right. Yeah. You I know. feel like there's a little bit of the. Uh, she was naked for a, a couple of seconds. A couple of seconds. Yeah. Yeah. A yeah. quick little flash she's, of her. She's, well, I don't know if she's aging well. Her face is frozen. But <laughs> but um, I feel like, uh, oh, fuck, what was I going to say? Oh, I feel like there's a little bit of schadenfreude in terms of like the theater community when they see like a film star on stage. Mm. They want to be like, this person's not trained. How are they going to do on stage? No, Look but, at the vocal issues after six minutes. But the tourists are just happy to see, like I said, Army Hammer on there or somebody they, they know from their sitcom. Well, it is fascinating to watch that. And, and sometimes the actors, even those without training, can sometimes just turn out to be terrific natural stage actors. Right. Oh, yeah, okay. And sometimes not. Yeah. And uh, it is the difference as we you were talking call, about. You can call You can hack. <coughs> there it is. Thank Good. Uh-huh. Uh, as we were talking about before, the actor and the director on stage have a very different role from what they have mm-hmm. in the movies. And in the movies, again, as you were saying, you can take, you can do 100 takes and you can choose the right yeah, ones and edit that slice it and dice it to make it into a great performance yeah. and the actor is much more exposed on stage of course yeah and uh, and so you can really see they have to be present the whole time mm-hmm. they can't drop they out can't of drop character can't go to the crafty table and, and they have snack. to know those tricks they have to know how to make their voices right. project without sounding phony they have to yeah. know how to carry their bodies so that they're visible in the right ways and so that they have authority and right. stature on and stage and that's training yeah. a lot of them don't have that training and, and so the one, someone, who, someone who just comes in and, and slumps around on stage it doesn't read no you know well it's not into, I think film it's an internal process and then you have to externalize it in the theater you can't have so much internalized when right. you're on stage you're like what but you it's a I mean? it's a careful balancing act. Yeah. You don't want to overdo it, or else you seem stagey. Right? Yeah. But phony. a lot of stuff does feel stagey, don't you think? Sometimes. But I love those big moments where they, um, where they make big choices and pull them off, and they're on right. that high wire, yeah. you know. Well, yeah. And and no, uh, I... and there's so much at risk because if you take the big choices, then then you can really fail. Right. And and that you need can to have be... that confidence. Yeah. yeah. And that oh, can that be really exciting. Sense. That can be really exciting in a good star performance. That's what happens. You're watching someone just. Uh, Take the big risks. It's like watching a. That's it's like watching a circus act. Well, I feel like certain actors that are naturally uh, charismatic, they work well. You know what I mean? They just have a larger presence. Mm-hmm. I'm sure that the actors that are usually kind of meek or play like the quieter, when they're not going to read as well, when they're on. Not, their, I don't know. Sometimes I mean, there's different kinds of plays. Also, that's some, true. Some of them are much more naturalistic, and some of the, sometimes you really want that smallness. Yeah, yeah. And sometimes you need the bigger things. I've seen. St- uh, 
I mean, I saw Emma Stone in Cabaret a couple of she's, years ago. She looks fun. She's fantastic. She just looks fun and just, she looks like a nice person. She Certain does seem like, look a nice like a nice person. person. You know she's got mean? those great big eyes. Those she's eyes. Gonna, those I can't eyes. wait. I just wrote this the other day, but I can't wait until she ages into these kind of dotty old lady roles. She's going to be so oh, great. Oh, that's funny. Um, yeah, it's like her and, you put her in a, what's his name, Elijah Stone in a movie. That's just a bunch <laughs> of buggy eye. Like, that's just, I don't know. I love her. I love her to death. And she was fantastic as Sally Bowles in Cabaret. Okay. In the Bible. You know, and I don't know how much stage, I don't think she's done it really very much stage right, at all. Right, But she's she was a natural. Yeah. And then on the other side, you get uh, Uma Thurman was starring in a show. The Parisian a couple of years Woman? Ago, the Parisian Woman. Okay. And, um, and that was... I mean, she's she's been good on stage, film. Oh, you know, on film. She, okay. She has a quality. She's a star right. in a certain way. People when she's. But did she pull it off on no, stage? No, no, she didn't. And it was really especially awkward because it's the kind of play where everyone's constantly talking about how how fascinating this woman is. Uh, you know, this character that she. Do you think playing. that's a direction thing that wasn't no, able to pull it out of her? I, well, yeah, partly, but you there's know? only so much you can do. And yeah, that, I guess so. that's a tough thing when you're writing about it's is 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 separating out the direction from the performance and the writing. And yeah, that's hard. To, it's hard to know. Like yeah. with film, a lot of people don't blame the editor or they don't give the editor credit. Yep. You know what I mean? And editors are like directing the fucking movie. They're just <laughs> all the good editors. They're deciding, you know, what goes where and how long. And some directors are more involved with that, but some of them are like, here, make my movie. You know, here's seventeen thousand hours of footage. <laughs> it's, but it's hard to know. It is what, hard to know. You're right. It's hard you're to right. know who to blame if it goes badly, or just blame or, everybody, or who to credit when it goes well. Uh, yeah, I feel like the actors are going to get the, the brunt of that. You know what I mean? Like I said, I feel like there is a little bit of shot and for like, oh, you think because people always put theater actors in higher esteem, like oh, they're classically trained. You know, that's why people always love those British actors. Remember having Itamar Moses on here? Mm-hmm. I actually, talked to another friend of mine who um, who directs uh, Game of Thrones. He's directed all the Game of Thrones. I might have him on the podcast. He's an amazing guy. But I'm like, why do people love British actors so much? And he said, because they are extremely trained and they know how to access the, their internal life very well and on cue, you know what I mean, and just do it. And they don't actually have to stay in character all the time. You know, like you said on Game of Thrones, all these actors, they're talking like you and I are talking, and they go into the scene and they're back. It's interesting. Yeah, it's a combination of t- of a very good technique and, as you say, emotional availability. But yeah. it's not unique to British actors. No, I, I don't think so either. I was just talking about this the other day, but Viola Davis. Oh, I love um, her. She's an astonishing, She's a powerhouse. astonishing actor. Yeah. But she has this... Uh, it's a great trick, basically, which is that she can cry mm-hmm. really strong. On cue. Uh, pretty much, uh, it seems to me, on cue. That's technique, right? It's technique, I mean, but yeah. it's also being able to use that technique to draw on. Right. So it doesn't just seem like a parlor game. Yeah. Um, I remember seeing her the first time I saw her in this August Wilson play called King Headley II. And um, it wasn't a very successful Okay. Production in some ways, but she completely walked away. It was the first time I'd seen her, and she mm, walked away with it. She had this aria of a monologue oh, wow. that got applause at the end of it, Amazing. like it was a musical. I'm getting number. chills, yeah, yeah. And she was crying. She's got she got you know snot coming out of her nose, okay, and do, just like the full yeah. on mm-hmm. ugly cry. And and I remember that year they did it at the Tonys. They just they were like, that was so great. Let's have her do it on the Tonys, oh, but just out of context. Here we've got oh. sixty seconds. Oh, Go, Viola. Cue. How weird. Do the climax of this speech. Yeah. And she did it. And she wow. full on cried. And you can see her do it again in doubt. And you can see her do yeah, it again. Yeah, that's her. You, know. you don't want to put her in like a raucous buddy comedy. <laughs> Seems like that's you want to kind of you know. But no, that, but I don't think it's just amazing. British actor thing either. I get annoyed when people are like, oh, British actors. Like when they told me they cast British actors in, in Knowing or Loving, whatever that movie was, or two, two Southerners, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So that's kind of like that fetish, you know what I mean? It's like French people and croissants and mistresses, you know what I mean? I feel like there's like this weird, put them on a pedestal. There's some shitty British actors out there, aren't there? Certainly are. There gotta be. Yeah. They gotta, they gotta you put them on stage and you suck. 
Put them in a TV movie. Suck. Anyway, yeah. I'm sorry. I'm getting defensive as my people. I feel <laughs> well, like there are we... cer- I think there are certain things that, that, that people are trained to do better probably in their system. And there are certain things that people are trained right. to do better in ours. The British don't do musicals very well. They don't, huh? Nope. And that, <laughs> You're like, he's happy yeah, about that. No, like, well, no, I mean, sorry, guys. They don't do American musicals very well. American no, musicals. They a, seem as too cheesy. Are they judgmental on they them? They don't have access to that kind of buoyancy. Uh, buoyancy. And yeah, naivete, that, I yes, think. Yes, that right? energy, the heart. Yes. Um, yeah. And so they can do certain kinds. You know, they, they have their own wing of modern, humorless, okay. danceless, operetta. You know, um, <laughs> I, had, uh, I didn't interrupt you. I had a very important question to ask. This is crucial. When you go to see a play, yeah. do you always get a good fucking seat? Or yes. do you also see? But that's <laughs> you want to also judge it by how the people yeah. in the back row of the upper, upper mezzanine are experiencing it. Right. Isn't, that, isn't that the responsibility of the actor in the production? Yeah, and I can't do that unfortunately because I cannot be two places at once. And I know, okay. I know that a lot of the time the experience is going to be very different. Yeah, because you can see facial expressions. Mm-hmm. Like what if you like when I saw Ferryman. I was in the back. I was in the orchestra, but I was in the back, and there was a very large old man with the hearing aid that kept going, ee, the whole <laughs> fucking time. I had the people with the candies. That's the idea. And then a very large, tall tourist. I think they were Nordic, right in front of me. <laughs> so I'm kind of moving my head around to see Patty Constantine's head. You know what I mean? I couldn't make out the facial features. I could barely understand the accents. So I was like, okay, now they're, you know what I mean? Now there's a bunch of dudes on stage. Now there's 46 people on stage. So it was very hard for me to judge it as you would when you could actually see and see right. what their faces so, uh, are doing. certainly have that advantage. They do give us good seats, and they want us to see the best version, yeah. obviously, yeah. Um, of their of their production. Uh, so I, I can't really know that. There's sometimes, sometimes it can be nice to have a little bit of distance, especially for the bigger shows. Right. Uh, it can work nicely to, to be able to pull back a little bit and see the whole stage picture. I sometimes feel like I'm a little too close. Yeah, and they're uh, spitting on you. You yeah. don't want spittle. Yeah, or you don't, especially again for, for for larger shows, you can't get the whole geometry mm-hmm. of of the staging. Um, what do you think of sweat? Of sweat. Yeah. Of the knottages. Yeah, play. I saw it and I was like, uh, I liked it. Okay. thank you. Okay. I, liked it okay. I felt like I was like, really? Yeah. That's uh, I've liked other plays of hers. Uh, I don't know more. other plays, but I was like, this one's she the did big one. A play called Ruined that okay. was great. It was good. Okay. Intimate apparel that I really like. She's working on her next project is a Michael Jackson musical. Oh. That'll yeah. be fun. Yeah, so we'll see how that. You we'll got see the permission works. from the kids or the estate? Yeah, that, they, they're going to do. The I'm whole... waiting for the Aretha Franklin musical. That's got to be happening soon. I think they are doing. They're right, they're going to be a, a biopic like and an audio. There was talk of maybe Jennifer Hudson. I could see that. Her. I could see yeah. that. Uh, who's going to play Michael Jackson? I don't know. Black or white actor? <laughs> I'm just saying, like, you know what I mean? I'm okay. I can't. He was just a gem. And maybe Prince. They got to do a Prince thing. Well, some things work better on. You know, uh, this is the danger of the. Of the tendency more recently to to do these kinds of musicals, right. musicals that have branding associated mm-hmm. with them before uh, anything ever begins. So yeah. that means either things that are called jukebox musicals, which okay. are which take the it, catalog of a famous like artist. Yeah, like Mamma Mia, did Mamma Mia, Abba, right, or the, right, you know, right. Jersey Boys does yeah, the yeah. Four Seasons. Mm-hmm. Uh, Carol King has a musical okay. called Beautiful. So some of those, the ones we just named, were very successful. Most of them are not. Okay. Uh, most of them come and go very quickly because right. it turns out that these songs don't lend themselves very well yeah. to dramatic situations. They weren't meant That's for why that. I feel like Prince would, like Purple. You know, his songs might, always kind of struck an emotional chord with me. Or David Bowie. They do like a Ziggy Stardust well, musical. Well, Bowie had a musical. The hero, right? Musical Before he died. Lazarus, I last saw, saw he segments on that documentary about him. Yeah, and that didn't work. At I know, all, that made at me at cry. All. With what's his name? Michael C. Hall. Yeah. 
But just watching that guy to tear, I love David. But look at my hair. Do you not see Ziggy Stardust I in like, here? I see a lot. I'm saying, it's eerie. It, well, you know. Um. Uh, but yeah, and so so it's that, or it's properties that are adapted from hit movies or TV shows. They do that flop usually. Well, again, not not usually. Sometimes they're very successful, mm. uh, and certainly there's a temptation to do that to say, okay, here's our musical well, Mean Girls. Here's our right, musical right. Frozen. Here's oh, right. our musical. Mean Girls. Is that good? Uh, yeah, Mean Girls is fun. fine. If you like the if you like the movie, it's the it's movie. perfectly nice musical. Okay, but you know, and 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 in within the. The Broadway within the theater loving community, right? There's a lot of hate for I'm sure for this trend. It's like the superheroes in the film community, right? Oh, here's another yeah, no, here's right. tent pole, whatever right. they fucking call it. And but the the truth is, I think the problem is not that things are being adapted for movies because a lot of great musicals right. have been they adapted have a good story. from other things. Yeah, and most musicals, even the golden age classic musicals, okay. were adapted from something. They were adapted from a play back right, then. Right, but right, right. Now they're adapted from a movie. There's nothing wrong with that. Okay. Um, it's about which movies you adapt and why, and how well you adapt. How well them. you do it. Yeah, of course. You know? The Band's Visit is adapted for I the love movie. that. I love that. Lovely thing. But that's a small movie. It's not like they thought, yeah. oh, we want to get in the audience. They're capitalizing on that the, loved the, the band's fan base. Visit. They're like, what? They didn't know it was a movie. Right. Yeah, people that didn't see it didn't know it was a movie. Right, right. Um, the problem is when people just use it as a. As a, as a way to trick people into the theater. Now, are you limited in, in hanging out socially with people in, like, the actors and performers and directors and writers? Because then it kind of t- t- taints, is that an okay word to use? Taints yeah. your, or do you end up just sending, <laughs> sorry, end up sending a freelancer to do the show that you're like, I know the director. Or I, I know, know a lot of theater people, and especially in the age of theater, of, of uh, social media. Yeah. You really, the, the, the boundaries, the sort of cordon sanitaire that used to exist. Excuse me, what? <laughs> the the little, sanitary cordon, like on yes, the toilet seat? Yes, the thing, the, the thing, little separating line okay. that would uh, ensure the hygiene of, Thank you. of, of dissociation. They still remember those? They did um, that, like remove when sanitary, like clean, <laughs> right? That, that, like comfort in when you have that little piece of thing that you tear <laughs> off the seat to they prove that they cleaned it? Don't get me started I'm on sorry, those. but I, I don't love want, that. Those things are terrible. You're not supposed to, you shouldn't be touching your hands to the toilet seat to move those things around. You're, yeah. It's worse. It's worse than nothing. Anyway, okay. the, the, those old lines are dissolving. Uh, especially right, so if an actor asks a friend you on on Facebook, do you friend them? So the answer is, I, I see these people socially in some sense a lot. I okay. go out to clubs and uh, and I have friends in the industry. Mm-hmm. I want to be part of the theater industry. I think it makes me better as a critic. Okay. I don't, I want to know how these things are made. I go out, I sing myself sometimes. Oh, fun. Uh, I've been writing, I've been trying to write a musical, which it turns out oh, is, is very fun. difficult. But you I critique think, yourself? Yeah. Okay, good. Yeah, of course I do. So I think those things are good, and I think they also, in a way, help keep you from being a dick. <laughs> Um, no, but they help. They, they help keep you from being a dick a right. little bit. Like you to just to remember on a regular basis mm-hmm. that these are human beings trying to make good things, and yeah. they're not trying to hurt you. Right, that's true. Um, right, with their with their unsuccessful art, you know. Uh, the, so you're not a mean critic. I sometimes I feel this is what I feel like with critics. Sometimes it annoys me, especially if I, you know, sometimes I feel like they feel a need to say at least one thing as a crit- critique. You know, otherwise they're not doing their job. Like if they rave about something and be like. Oh, but you know, towards minute fourteen, things slow down. Or I'm like, you know what, dude? What the fuck? Like, don't that that just annoys me. I don't know. Sorry, I don't, I don't know. know if you I mean, do that, that, but sometimes you write a mean review. People love reading mean. But reviews. not mean. Just like it seems like out of place. Like it feels forced, wedged in. Is what I'm saying. Yeah, Criticism feels wedged. I try in. not to wedge in. Don't wedge. False, don't wedge. Yeah, yeah. Un- unneeded uh, yeah. critiques. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes people, I think, just want to 
But sometimes you do have a divided opinion sure, about the show. Sometimes sure. there are things about it you like and things yeah, about you don't. Yeah, of course. Do. But sometimes you will want to write a full-on set fire to the <laughs> ground uh, review. And and people love reading those reviews. People pass yeah, them around. That, that, they well, get great traffic. They're right? real fun to read. Yeah. Uh, they're mean. They let you, as a critic, they let you use certain weapons in your, in your like arsenal of wit. You know. <laughs> Um, right, punnery. People like yeah, the punnery, well, right? Yeah, well, puns people are divided on. I use a lot of puns. I love them. Oh, but, do you? Okay. But uh, you try to work. I try to work them in elegantly, in, a, in an elegant way. Oh, okay. Right? I try not to to uh, <laughs> which right about people in the head. Uh, but uh, no, but people do like reading the mean reviews, and so, so you have to use those sparingly. Uh, right. You have to, and they have to. I think they should be at the directed at the right targets, at big well, enough targets. Well, let's hope, right? I mean, I think yeah. I see some some actors that I know. They won't read reviews at all. Mm-hmm. And then what's that saying? If you believe the good ones, you got to believe the bad ones. Mm-hmm. Um, and other ones see it as like, uh, as, you know, constructive criticism. Like if it's helpful, like if five critics are all saying the same thing. Right. I mean, I think maybe it's the director's job if you're reading the critics. But, say, you know what, if everybody's saying, but I don't know. But I don't that's know. That's the problem is that it doesn't matter. When people say that we should be writing constructive criticism, I think that's true of the larger mm. conversation and mm. sort of true in a in a general intellectual way, and I agree that, it, that with that. But on a on an immediate practical right. basis, it's not true because we are not the dramaturg. Oh no, I'm not saying it's your job. No, I'm saying I'm no. the director can take it as. No, but they can't. What I mean is, oh, they, okay. they can't. It won't be constructive because they're not working on the thing anymore. By the time we are reviewing it's it, it's frozen. It's not a work frozen. in progress, right. And but actors not can gonna, change their performances, they? can a little they? bit, but they, 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 they're not, they can't up. really. I mean, yeah. everyone does a little over the course of a run. They get tired. But, but yeah, there's um, there's not much you can do to fix it, especially in the writing and directing, but even in the acting. Yeah. And, and and actors, I, I actors should probably not read reviews of shows that they're currently acting in. I, right, I think that's probably... Even you, positive ones, because then they, they get self-conscious about the things that are working. Well, do they mostly know when the crit- critics are in the audience? Yes. And the, they change their performance a bit. I don't think I'm they sure. change it. They, they're, they're certainly probably... Nervous. A little extra energy in some way. Yeah, at yeah, those yeah. performances. But that's also very early in the run, usually, when there's already that kind of oh, that's energy. Yeah, so the, not... the difficult thing is seeing things once they've been running for a year or two. And most shows tend to flag in their energy, unless there's some big new change to the cast. It's so interesting because um, maybe this is different. I know when you write a play, some people do like readings, right, when they're developing mm-hmm. the play. But when you're – I have a, a, some director friends that when they are editing movies, they'll show me different cuts of mm-hmm. the movie and then get notes from people. But besides the play reading, is the previews the time when people get feedback and change shit? And yeah, traditionally, well, there there used to be, especially for bigger shows, there used to be more of an out-of-town tryout. Okay, um, people like in Jersey setup. are going to tell you if it's working. Well, yeah, so you'd go with, you'd take your show to Boston or Philadelphia or Washington, mm-hmm. and you'd, you'd do it there, and you'd see what the audience oh, reaction okay. was, and you'd shape it, and so that by the time that it got to New York City right. for the... For the big Broadway, yeah, right, right, sort of is Hoy Polloi snobby or not snobby? The Hoy Polloi, the, pe- the, oh, the simple people, people, the common. Yeah. It sounded like it was snooty people. The Hoy <laughs> Polloi. Sorry, I'm glad no, I know that are, now. They're the they're the the, the peasants, the regular folk. Okay, um, but uh, but yeah, so that that still exists to some extent. You still get shows that will okay will be at in Chicago or at right. La Jolla or whatever. Right, and then uh, but now also you have. Uh, a lot of plays, especially, will will open off Broadway, 
for a while. And then right. if they turn out to be successful and have a lot of buzz behind them, they will move to Broadway. Okay. Uh, but they won't open cold on Broadway. But the preview time, yes, traditionally is a time when you can make adjustments and fixes. But usually by the especially with the scale of modern productions, it's mm, very hard to make, to make major changes. changes. Yeah. You're kind of stuck with certain set pieces. Do you feel overall that the successful theater is a, is a meritocracy more than like blockbuster films? Do you feel like the stuff that really gets lauded and is, gets a buzz around it is good? Or it's like, no, not really. Like musicals are just crowd pleasers and go into the lowest common denominator or the straight well, plays are just, you know, have whatever. I, I mean, overall. It's, uh, I, I think, uh, well, what do you mean by pra- do, do you mean or do you mean the the things that get critically praised, or do you mean the things that end up being box office? Successes? I guess box office success, because critically praised, I think that you know yeah. you hope that they're all savvy and people know their shit. But the stuff that, like you said, gets a buzz around it and is sold out. I mean, obviously, I got, yeah. So I, don't I think know. it generally sorts out. I think that things that are are not great do tend, even if they have the big. Mm-hmm. Name brand mm-hmm. behind them mm-hmm. or something. Word of mouth travels. Okay. And eventually things, I mean, a, a few years ago, there was a musical version a couple of years ago of, of Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Okay. That was something that was people were very excited, excited. about. Mm-hmm. Sounded like it was going to be great. Was Had great people attached yeah, to okay. it. You know, mm-hmm. people, the writers were talented. Right, right, right. And it just turned out not to work. Okay. And, and then when, when that happens, it just, yeah. You know, or like the, the Disney, after The Lion King, tried to do. Little Mermaid, and they okay. tried to do Tarzan, and they, they didn't, didn't have work. the same magic as yeah. as as. It's like sequels, right? It's a Lion franchise. King. Yeah, Lion King is a magical thing. It still is. Magical I like thing. Lion King. Yeah. You know what I really love though? SpongeBob. SpongeBob, I love. So much fucking fun that SpongeBob show. SpongeBob is one that should have run for longer. Than oh, it didn't did. run. It's not running anymore. No, it's closed, and that was one that. Unfortunately, I think that people just didn't think they wanted to see a SpongeBob musical. Uh, there was a lot of so much. It's a big hurdle fun. for the. It's like marketing. a trip. Like you took it some LSD and right. just kind of hung out. And it was kind of Lion Kingy. It had yeah. that imaginative universe. Transportative. That it yeah. Is that a word? Tra- tra- yeah. I didn't like. Uh, I saw the um, that that Russian themed one with Josh Groban. That confused the fuck the out of me. Yeah, I was like, what is happening I here? That show. Did you? I guess, I again, show. I was in the nosebleeds. I go to the cheap seats. So maybe if I got to hang out with you, can you ever bring a plus one? Yeah, sure. Do you come, usually bring your partner? Do you have a partner or are you I, single? I, I do, and I do usually bring him. But uh, but there are Would it be okay if I were replaced? <laughs> Just temporarily. <laughs> there we go. Yeah. yeah, he's getting sick. He's <clears> um, thinking about but it. But there are, there are certainly many nights when uh, he. He bails He's on not him. available, and so uh, I, I'm like often that. looking for plus ones. So well, I please love do that. Join me. I could be a good critic. Yeah, and then you I'll can just use monosyllabic sit up expletives. Front. <laughs> yeah, sit up front and finally see some features and not look like people like anime. Um, so what should I see now? Like I have like a week and I have unlimited funds. I can afford to go see Bruce Springsteen or watch him on Netflix, but let's put that one aside. Well, the Springsteen show is closed. Oh, we're okay. actually right now we're we're in a the theater season, especially on Broadway, works okay. in uh, in waves. In waves, okay. and so there, a lot of things open in the fall, All right. and then it recedes. The tide goes Got out okay. in in January, mm-hmm. and then everything comes back in in, in March and April okay. in ter- in time to qualify for this year's Tony. Uh, okay, so uh, you know there's a rush to the finish line Got in it. April. Okay, so a lot of shows are coming up, and a lot of them seem pretty promising. It's hard to know sometimes, but okay. some of them pre- seem pretty exciting. Um, and uh, but most of them will start in in if you're talking about Broadway. Most yeah, of them, Broadway, Broadway. Most of them are going to be are going to be February, March, April. Okay. Um, there's a of the ones that I've seen. Well, that I know if about, I could see one show this week, what should I see? 
Well, it depends what you've seen. Oh, fuck. Well, I haven't seen a lot in a while. I mean, I have to if be you haven't seen, you. and if you can get tickets for things like Hamilton or, you know. Okay. Then, uh, to Kill a Mockingbird? To Kill a Mockingbird is very good. It's, okay. It's very difficult material, but it's a beautiful That's okay. production. I don't shy away. Um, no, I mean, it's difficult to adapt. There's oh, all, you, oh, you can, oh, okay. You, I like Aaron. You're going to... Yeah, he's great. By necessity, it makes a lot of choices about what it's going to use from the novel. And and if you like the novel, then you're going to have opinions about the adaptation. But I I think it works very nicely. Uh, Okay, so Hamilton, To Kill a Mockingbird. Yeah, I think uh, those are good. There's a revival of Oklahoma that played off-Broadway last year that they're bringing to Broadway this year. Okay, is that with Jake Gyllenhaal? No. Oh. Uh, I like Jake Gyllenhaal. I like, I like Maggie Gyllenhaal. And he was very good. He did Sunday in the Park with George. Oh, Russell, Sunday. Okay, I get very, confused. Musicals make good. me angry. I don't know. Let's let's skip the musicals. Something kind of edgy. Well, this is an edgy. If okay. you think you know Oklahoma, you will be very surprised at okay. how edgy this production of okay. Oklahoma it is. Okay. It is very dark and very edgy. All right, I'll check it out. Uh, it's been stripped down. It's very Strip. lean. All right. Violent. And, okay. Uh, did you like Sleep No More? I love Sleep No More. I haven't seen that yet. Oh, you should totally sleep. Okay. Over. Everyone should. Everyone should see. That just seemed like a tourist no trap. No, it's it's not. It's it's gorgeous. It's okay. Something like is that almost still running? A, it's still running. It's okay. something like a hundred rooms that. that okay, that'll be fun m- for me. So meticulously like art directed. It's insane. I I've seen it a bunch of times, and the okay. first time I couldn't really take it in because I was so distracted right, right, by the design. Right. Okay. I just spent all my time looking through file cabinets where they had individually written, handwritten oh, wow. patient files for everyone. It's that That's level so of detail. Cool. Oh, I it's, love that. I love amazing. that kind of choose your own adventure. Yeah. I like that. Uh, um, thank so you, Adam Feldman. So I will be um, hitting you up on these like free plus ones Please do. to the theater. I hope your your partner doesn't hate me, but I'm a fun, I'll come, you know, look at me, <laughs> bring someone with a mullet to the theater. It becomes a spectacle in itself. <laughs> Um and I yeah and I'll, tr- I'll be reading your column and uh, taking you as my guide. Yeah, absolutely. Um, please do. I will try not to lead you astray. Please don't. And if you do, I'll just move on. Um, but thank you, Adam Feldman. Uh, thank you everybody for listening in. This is uh, Raylan Casper White signing off. Mm-hmm.